0: Hello, enablers. Before we get into the episode proper, I have some exciting news. The annual Rooster Teeth Convention is coming up July 7th, 8th and 9th in Austin, Texas. And we are once again going to have a live show. Friday, July 7th, at 4 p.m. Central in the Hilton. We will be playing D&D in front of all of our Rooster Teeth fans. And just like our previous appearances, we will be raising money for charity while we do it. We have once again partnered with SideQuest, a nonprofit gaming group that runs awesome events to help people meet and have fun, as well as raise money for charities like Extra Life, Child's Play, and Operation Supply Drop. Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks has donated a D&D themed prize package that will be auctioned off at their annual charity gala. And that not only includes some amazing and hard to get items, but VIP seats to our RTX live game and the opportunity to help me create a custom monster that will appear in a future episode. SideQuest runs several events during RTX, all designed to give people a fun and safe place to party after the convention day is done. Along with that charity gala, there's a night of games at the Bar Olympics, an after-party at Buffalo Billiards, and even a hangout filled with food and pinball at Pinball Arcades. So if you're going to RTX, you should absolutely get tickets to the SideQuest events. And thanks to the organizers, we have a special code just for our fans. You can get 20% off of all the Side quest events at RTX by using the code SQENABLERS. All caps, one word, S-Q-E-N-A-B-L-E-R-S. Go to SideQuest.org to get your tickets, and with the 20% you save, you can put that money towards the amazing Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks charity auction. You know, just a suggestion. So follow SideQuest on Twitter, at SideQuestOrg, and when you use that SQ Enabler's code, let us know that you're joining us for an amazing weekend of charity and parties. And now, let's get that adventure started.
1: Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi,
2: I'm Jack. I play Trevancor, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John.
3: I play your half-orc barbarian Carlton Tanks.
4: Hi, this is Julia. I play the
0: Rock Gnome Cleric Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. OboCrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons & Dragons & Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeons & Dragons & Drunks, after sharing the details of strange nightmares and omens from the night before, the heroes of Greenest continue off the road and into the wilderness towards the Cryptgarden Forest. As the landscape becomes more desolate and diseased, the very ground beneath them rises to attack them as they pass. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, a.k.a. Crazy, And I've gone back to Pyramid Beer because it makes me happy. They have come back out with their apricot ale, which is kind of a summer thing. It is a wheat ale. And it is delicious because everything the pyramid makes is delicious. And don't try to argue with me on that because I will never believe you. Bernie, what are you drinking?
4: I've got a lime mango margarita that Mm. my mommy made
0: sounds delicious because
4: it's margarita season
0: okay wait when is it not margarita season
4: whenever my mom so like usually it's not that it's not margarita season it's usually we hit a point in may where my mom goes it's margarita season and she just starts making margaritas on the regular probably every weekend
0: your mom is the arbiter
4: of margarita season yes the tiny little gray-haired woman knows when it is and is not margarita season i believe she kicked off her margarita season when they were in uh, Mesa Verde with prickly pear margaritas. Uh, so, yes, it is margarita season. You may all now indulge in everyone's favorite drink, margaritas. She makes very good mango margaritas. She makes very good classic margaritas. She also, if she's feeling like it, will make blackberry margaritas with fresh Ooh. blackberries.
0: Also, I'm, I'm kind of jealous that she has the power to declare the season of margarita. My mother is a witch. <laughs> Carlton, can your mother declare the season of a specific drink? Uh, no,
3: because she does not have godlike powers. Mine does. Um, Which is why i what are
5: you drinking? I'm
3: drinking a- I drank it before, still don't have a name for it, but it's a concoction of Dripping Springs Lemon Vodka and Club Soda. Very light mm. and refreshing.
0: Yeah, everybody's drinking the summer stuff recently. It's kind of nice. Because it's
3: Memorial Day, it's like the kickoff.
0: Well, yeah, but also it's hot. Travancore, are you drinking something for the, the summer season?
2: Hello, enablers. The Viceroy's tourist could be construed as summer. Continuing my teetotaler journey, what I have before you is a concoction of my own creation. It's a combination of club soda and apple juice. Now, if you only use a little bit apple of apple juice. Apple juice right on. That's uh not the mess best name, but that <laughs> notwithstanding. That's what it's called. Nick! I will say that it has, if you only use a little bit of apple juice, it has a very dry finish. And it's it resembles something of an adult drink. I dare say I this is the arch deluxe of non-alcoholic beverages.
0: It it definitely, like if you just holding it up to the camera in that very nice glass, if you hadn't said anything, it, it does have a very wine champagne look to it. And refreshing. It does sound delicious. So good. And finally... Jonathan, are you drinking something that looks like alcohol but isn't really? Uh no, I
1: am drinking something that is most definitely alcohol. And this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the muscular And tonight I am my drink is a little bit shameful. I am once again returning to the fat bastard uh Cabernet Sauvignon. I didn't finish the bottle last time. I was I was I made it to about three third two-thirds of the bottle and didn't quite make it. So I am finishing off the rest of it tonight. And if I need anything else, I will go get... uh, I'll go fix something. I don't know. I got crazy shit in my fridge anyway.
0: We'll get it figured out. Most recently, you guys finished up a fight with basically the ground that rose up to attack you. And afterwards have continued along through the desolate wastes of this plane before you hit the Crypt Garden Forest. It's just afternoon at this point you kind of had this encounter late morning have continued through the the mud and the murk through the, the this desolate area um heading off road towards the crypt garden between carlton's familiarity with this area and travancore's natural ranger abilities you guys know that you're still a ways off from the actual crypt garden. You're probably, you're probably still about a day and a half. So basically, the rest of this day and most of tomorrow before you reach the edge of the actual forested area. And then the crypt garden itself is large enough to be two to three days travel end to end, as it were.
4: Bernie has questions,
0: but Lauren has some answers.
4: Why is it called a crypt garden if it's a forest?
0: go ahead and roll a history check. No,
4: she's not good at history checks. Mm. But we'll see. Art does not imitate life. No, it doesn't. (laughs) You know, that's actually really hard for me to play a character who's not naturally good at history. That's like a really,
0: I'm not happy about that. She got three. Considering you don't have a degree in the history of this fantasy world, I think it would actually be kind of easy.
4: But if there was one, I would have it. (laughs) 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, and i'm sorry you rolled a lot for your three. history
4: um bernie is going to then go what well, guys if it's if it's a forest why is it called the crypt garden and hopefully someone else will do a better history check
2: i'd like to
0: waste a probable natural 20 on this very question
4: oh yes please i <laughs>
0: considering like how that. many natural 20s you seem to pull out of nowhere i don't know if it's wasting anything of it but, but go ahead and roll 11 it's a forest and you weren't really looking into the history of forests in this area and why they were called certain things when you were exploring, when you were reading up before you came here. You're basically just looking for the threats, places of interest, that kind of thing. This forest isn't large enough to have warranted too much study. So you really don't know anything. I should have rolled an etymology check. Jonathan,
1: Jonathan the reaches reaches Muscular is going to step up to the plate. And flexes mighty muscular, uh, mystery muscles. I was going for history, but with M, but that's just mystery. It's just weird. All right. Let's see what happens.
4: It's M-I-S-T-E-R-Y.
1: Uh, that's going to be pretty good. Let me see to the degree uh, to which it's good on uh, 19.
0: Okay. You seem to remember that there was some sort of battle here ages ago. Uh, if not centuries then further back in history than in living memory or or even in in just written memory some large battle took place here many people died and either they died in this forest and so many bodies were left here that it, it kind of became colloquially known As the Crypt Garden, or the forest sprung up around where most of these bodies ended up being laid to rest unintentionally. But you don't remember too many specifics about the battle or who. It was long enough ago that the the details are, are a little fuzzy. Both It was long enough ago that you read about it, and then this battle just happened ages ago. But you do seem to remember something vague about battles, battlefields, and a lot of interred people.
3: You know, like I'm from here. Y'all could have just asked me, right?
4: Okay, Carlton.
0: Does Carlton, Carlton. Roll get a, a history bonus check for
4: being from here,
3: or at least advantage.
0: Carlton lived with wolves while he lived in the Crypt Garden Forest, who were not necessarily big on imparting history. But or if you would books. like to, if you I mean, I was like bluffing about
3: knowing. I mean, it's 15; it's less than his 19. But I'm saying, like, I knew some aspects. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: so with a 15 Mm -hmm. as as Jonathan starts to give some of his scholarly knowledge you you nod along absolutely yes sure battles 100%
4: (laughs)
3: South Crypt yes it's named for my town South Crypt
4: alright then so we don't really know is what I'm hearing oh you've got a
0: general idea we
4: got a general idea hey guys high five for a general idea
0: as you guys continue northwest heading straight towards the crypt garden and the the sun begins to set in the distance and it's it's getting close to about dinner time do you guys want to continue to press on or would you like to stop for the night
3: how long we've we been traveling how many hours
0: It's getting close to about eight. You were up at a a decent hour this morning, um, and you've been, with the exception of that battle that happened, you've been traveling most of the day. It's been a a dreary, awful day for the most part, mud and depression and not a lot of noise, but you've been been moving at a steady pace, and with the horses, you've been moving relatively fast, so it's kind of up to you if you want to continue after dark or not.
3: I feel like uh, I want to give uh, Horsey a rest here. He uh, he he took a beating and, and he's been carrying my fat ass for a couple hours here, so he 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 earned himself some pocket sugar.
4: I just Is it covered in lint. Burney. I reach in my
3: pocket yes. and I pull off a piece of lint. I'm like, no. That's a yes. That's
4: a hardcore yes.
3: No, not anymore. See, no lint.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we'll th- we'll discuss how those kinds of things work later, Carlton. Is it time for resting, or are we gonna go until like?
1: Yeah, it sounds wanna interesting. Do, and, you uh, want to keep
4: an eye out. You want to do the thing where we kept an eye out, like last time.
1: A wash? Yeah. yeah.
4: No, no, like an eye out for a safe place to rest. Given shit literally exploded out of the ground.
1: Okay, uh, yeah, uh, Bucks is gonna is gonna fly up and survey overhead for a nice little like dry cave or a dell. Dells are safe, right? I don't
4: know. I know there's usually farmers in them.
0: Uh I prefer Max over Dells. Alright, go ahead and roll a perception check for a box.
1: Uh that's gonna be fifteen.
0: This area you've you've left the most outer edge of the Sumber Hills. If it wasn't for the pervasive rot that is extended outside of the Crypt Garden Forest, these would be gently rolling grasslands. And you don't really see anything as far as a a sheltered area. There's not even really much in the way of trees. It's mostly, at this point, dead shrubs, mud, dirt, uh, bits and pieces of of grass, most of it dead or dying. You can see uh, bits of water run off from a couple of, of tiny little creeks that seem to be mostly drying up or filling with kind of a, a brackish water. I really doesn't see anything appealing.
3: We oh. camped out last night, so wouldn't we be able? Aren't we at the point where we could do pocket house?
4: I don't know. Do you want to talk to the pocket house, or do you want to talk to that weirdo voice tonight again?
3: We
2: can, but it might behoove us to save the pocket house for when we're deeper into the Crypt Garden forest and might need it okay. more. Okay.
1: Yeah, if this is relatively, if this is like like bronze level Crypt Garden weirdness, then we want to save the pocket house for like for like silver or gold or maybe even platinum level crypt garden weirdness. What benefits come with platinum level crypt
2: garden weirdness? Jonathan the Magimuscular? Death. Uh
0: All right, so you guys are going to try to find a place in the in the surrounding area to just camp out for the night?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um okay. so Jonathan the Magimuscular, as soon as we find a place to camp, uh he is going to sit down and start casting start to cast sending
0: Okay, I'm, first you guys have to find a place. Bucks didn't really see anything in the air. He didn't see anything in the air that constituted a a cave or a dell or anything. He saw what might be some dry patches of slightly more raised earth that could at least give you guys a dry place, but he didn't see anything sheltered.
3: Would a 15 survival help with finding a nice place, not even shelter, but a nice
0: place to make camp? Well, Jonathan kind of uses Bux's surveying the area to point out some of these dry areas, and you kind of look in the couple directions that he gives and are able to pick the one that seems to be the highest ground that's going to be the 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 least likely to cause issues. It's been gray and overcast, so you don't know if it's going to rain. So you probably might want to pitch some tents just in case, but at least the, the area that you find, the hard-packed earth seems to be pretty dry, and you won't have any problems getting a fire going, camping for the night. It's still fairly exposed, but so is everything around here.
3: Okay.
0: All right, you guys are make camp for the night?
3: Make camp. I'll take first we'll watch. watch Second.
4: Actually, no, Bernie wants to talk to his weirdo voice, so I'm going to take first
0: watch.
1: All right. All right, I'll take so third. So, Jonathan the muscular sits down and starts to cast sending.
0: Okay, so wait, we've got Bernie on first watch, Carlton on- Third, Travancore. where were you going to be? Second. All right. And then Jonathan, I'm assuming, is bringing up the rear. Yep. All right. You cast sending. Who would you like to send? As everybody else kind of sets up camp around you.
1: We're going to send to Dorvie.
0: All right. What would you like to say? And we're going to say... <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're going to say... Hi, it's Jonathan the muscular again. I hope everything's well and the bar is hopping. We are just about to enter the Crypt Garden Forest. We have lots of adventures to tell. We killed totes, killed giants. Hope everything is great. Love ya. Ooh. Hello. Well, we don't
2: hear him All say right? love ya, so. Right. But this, you don't hear play- any of this. As a player,
3: I'm reacting to it, though.
1: Yeah, I can react <laughs> as a player.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a big Ow! step in your fictional relationship, Jonathan. Yeah. Wow.
1: I. So, okay, hold on. So. <laughs> I'm going to give a little insight to Jonathan the Magim- Jonathan the actual player via Jonathan the muscular because I find they're very similar in a lot of respects. Jonathan the actual player tells people that he loves them all the time.
3: That is true. You have told me you love this me before. This is very true.
1: So I kind of, th- this isn't like, Dorvine, I love you. This is more like, hey, babe, love you. Does Dorvine know that? <laughs> uh, we're yeah. about to we're
4: find out.
5: find out. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Hopefully she knows me well <laughs> enough to uh to discern the two
0: and just so that in game we're sure of this so when you you do this sending you send this message in your head do you do you say anything out loud uh do you or or at least in general, do you let anybody know uh, what you're doing and who you're sending to and what you're saying, or do you keep most of this to yourself:
1: I'm just going to say i'm gonna I have some spells left I'm going to send a message real quick. And so I I, I sit down, uh, crisscross uh, applesauce, and I assume the avatar pose because that was a great play. And so he emulates that play a little bit. And uh, and that's how he sends.
4: Bernie's like, okay. Bernie's obviously up. She's got, she's waiting. She's starting first watch. So I wanted, Bernie's just going to eye him suspiciously.
0: Okay. Yeah, this, I mean, you guys are kind of finishing setting up camp when he's doing this. The sun has just uh, gone down over the horizon. It's getting dark. So you guys wouldn't have necessarily gone to sleep yet. You know, you're going to have some dinner, feed the horses, and and then go to sleep. So you cast Sending, and after a moment, you hear the familiar voice of Dorveen in your head, and she says... Sounds like interesting adventures. I look forward to hearing more. But the crypt Garden, that is very far away. It's going to be a while. And I do miss you. Stay safe.
1: Oh. Jo- Jonathan the muscular, his eyes open, and he has a little... All right. Uh, he's He, he is, <laughs> do he is very pleased. What I
4: like, read his mood?
1: You don't have to roll anything. He's wearing it on his sleeve right now.
4: (laughs) That means I don't have to have a very good insight check.
0: Go ahead, if you would like to read in as much as possible, give me an insight check.
4: Bernie got a (laughs) twenty-two.
0: Jonathan, I'll let you decide. As as long as what you say is true, what what do you what are you expressing on your face right now, uh,
1: Jonathan? The match muscular is just he's got that glow. Okay, so bear with me, listeners, because we're gonna we're gonna this is a This is a sort of a deep cut. But do you remember in like middle school and high school, before the fucking internet was a thing, when you would talk to a girl at school, like this was a thing. You would actually talk to people on the phone. Like you'd get a girl's number, you would call them, and you'd spend anywhere from 30 minutes to a couple of hours just chatting on the phone. Afterward, you have this very just awesome feeling. Like you are. The greatest man to ever live because this you have just what chatted it felt with a like girl. before
4: you knew what sex was like, right?
1: Exactly. Like yeah. this yeah. is way before sex. So, this is seeing as Jonathan the Magimuscular Muscular hasn't really had a lot of banging in a while and he genuinely cares about Dorveen, this makes this pleases him greatly. There's a right. the little so there bit of conversation.
0: You get all of that. You don't know exactly who he's sent ascending to, but whatever has happened, bam.
4: So Bernie sits there and she goes, "Who are you talking to, friends? What's going on?"
0: "Oh, I messaged Dorfine. let her know where we were."
4: What she said made you so happy?
1: "Ah, uh, she just said that she misses me and can't wait to hear about these stories when we get back."
4: Mm. Mhm. Mhm. What'd you say to her?
1: "Oh, just hi." essentially. Anything else? "Uh, pretty much just hi."
4: I've never said hi to someone give me that look on my face, but what do I know?
1: I'm only older than
4: you.
0: All right. Unless there's anything else you guys would like to do before bed, I'm assuming you will finish up a uh, simple meal at dinner. You guys have a fire going, or no? Yeah. Uh,
1: fire actually, do we
0: want a fire?
4: I would like a fire because fire usually, while it does attract some things, it keeps others away.
1: Okay.
3: That's what is? I was going to say like what if we like build stones around it so and like dig it into a pit so it's like a fire to keep this warm and but not as obvious
0: of a fire That sounds
1: like something that Carlton Tanks needs to make a survival check for.
5: Uh
0: yeah, give me it's a survival a f- check. Yeah, you've done this before and Travancore would it would be very easy for him to help you you guys very easily dig a pit and uh surround it with some stones that you find in the area and even though Wood in this area is pretty sparse. You're able to to get a nice little fire going and, and have a, a, enough of a stock of wood nearby that if it needs to be restoked, you can. That's, that's pretty simple.
2: We should get a fire pit going for the pocket house.
0: You guys Whoa. do have a fireplace in the living room. But, but it doesn't have the same feel
2: as a fire pit.
0: This is true. Also, it seems like it doesn't matter what the temperature is on the material plane. Every time you go back to the pocket house, it seems to be... Comfortable for all of you, so
3: you wouldn't necessarily need it. Doesn't the uh, second floor seating area also have a fireplace?
0: No, no it's just there a is seating no fire. Area. No, the seating area upstairs is just at the moment it doesn't have anything in it. Right, um, but space. yeah, it's just kind of a a general space in between all of the the five rooms. So, all right, you guys dig this the fire pit and get that going. Bernie sets up her first watch. The rest of you head off to sleep. Bernie, go ahead and roll a perception check.
4: All right. Probably wasted my good roll on... I got 19. Yeah, pretty good at those. Nice.
0: You're keeping an eye out uh, between your dark vision and even though it's been kind of this gray overcast day, it hasn't yet rained. And so you're not really looking through any rain. And you can see pretty far up on this hill that, that Carlton and, and Bucks have managed to find. Nothing catches your attention. You don't see anything distinct Um, until you kind of are watching off to the Northwest, where you know the edge of the forest is. And you've been keeping an extra special eye in that direction, because that's where you're headed, and that's where the, the crap is. And you could swear, every once in a while, just on the edge of your vision, you see a faint light, almost a glow, just very faintly off in that direction, and then it fades, and then... Maybe five, ten minutes later, still just as far away, so it doesn't seem to be getting any closer, just a faint glow of something, and then it fades. Hmm. But most- your watch goes by without an issue, and it ends as you are going to wake Travancore.
4: Okay. Uh, wake up, buddy.
2: Hey, anything I should know?
4: Um, there's some weird glowing lights coming out of the crypt garden, like, really faint though, so I don't know. That's it. It's all quiet on the whatever front.
2: Got it. Thanks, Shadow. Get up, buddy. Let's let's go no. to
0: the watch. And he farts. <laughs> <laughs> you woke him up after four hours. He yeah. just lets one loose. Doesn't yes. wake anybody.
4: Are you sure that smell didn't wake anybody?
0: Surprisingly, I was just actually about to say surprisingly. As much as it is a incredibly loud fart, it doesn't it doesn't wake anybody. Kinda smells like grass. Not so bad.
2: Hmm. I did spend a substantial amount of time in a pit of, like, a vial of, of crap, so... So maybe I've gone <laughs> nose dead to a lot of things.
0: No, Bernie, you actually smell this too. It's a faint whiff of grass. It, it, it's a lot better than you expected for a giant bear farting. Anyway, you go to sleep, Travancore. you and Shadow take the next watch. I'll go ahead and roll a perception check. Okey doke.
2: Should Shadow percept as well?
0: If you would like, sure.
2: Alright, nineteen for Travancore, 7 for Shadow.
0: Uh, Shadow doesn't seem to pick up on anything. You, especially having been warned by Bernie, do notice that faint coming and going of that glow off in the distance towards the crypt garden. And you keep you keep an eye on it for a good hour, just really making sure it's not coming closer, it's not Anything that you need to be worried about, and after a good hour, for the rest of your watch, you continue to keep an eye on it, but you feel like whatever that is it's not an an immediate danger or at least it's it's not coming this way, and it's obvious between your sharp eyes and and Bernie's warning, but you don't really pick up on anything else uh and your watch comes to an end with that being really the only thing of note, and I guess Carlton is next.
2: I wake up, Carlton. I relay the events to him in a way that'll be much more interesting in the listener's imagination than as I say it.
3: <laughs> Carlton,
2: <laughs>
4: part two. You
0: know what? Yes. <laughs> uh, Shadow gives you an appreciative look until he catches a whiff, and then he gives you a a, a very depressed look.
3: <laughs> yeah, buddy. Th- those uh, that that's the orc side of my family.
0: F-
2: friend carlton why shadow thinks
0: yeah at Travancore, as you go to curl up to go back to sleep shadow make sure that you guys are uh on the opposite side of the fire from where carlton is upwind
1: <laughs> you yeah you hear a a slight ah, as uh bucks falls from the his tree perch but manages to ki- to spread his wings at the last moment but whatever happened out dow- downwind uh or upwind, whatever, uh, <laughs> nearly knocked downwind. his ass out. So he he <laughs> picks another tree. So
3: he passes his constitution saving throw. <laughs> my friends never stood downwind. <laughs> and oh, the shame! Oh, the
0: shame! Oh, it was a oh, shame. The shame. What's the shame? nope? And, no, and that's it was we can there do. Because... I represent the the estate of a certain animator. <laughs> <laughs> and we all get sued. Okay, you guys head to sleep. Carlton, give me a perception check. I can do that. Sixteen. You do notice the, the faint light, thanks to it being pointed out, and nothing else. It's just lights. I mean, it's probably swamp gas, right? I mean, it's not the only gas yeah, around. Well, I know who's got skull swamp gas. <laughs> you're very familiar with all kinds of gas. Uh, but you keep an eye out over the course of your watch. And I mean, yeah, weird lights. But at this point, you're expecting weirdness out of the Crypt Garden. So it's not incredibly surprising. And as long as it's not coming closer, who cares? Okay. Uh, and your watch comes to an end without a problem as you wake Jonathan.
3: I'll wake Jonathan, relay that on the forest edge, there's some lights and... I couldn't really tell what it was from where I am without getting closer, and don't want to do that. So,
1: as Jonathan the magic Muscular wakes up, uh, Jonathan between uh, between the fun bun and the business bun releases a very squeaky fart.
0: <laughs> a Bucks gives you a cautious look before he he oh. flies over to you. Maybe a we bu- should not <laughs> have had a fire. Uh
1: Bucks! <laughs> I, I'm like, sorry, buddy. Uh, was it Bucks relays hit the horror of the uh of the uh, Carlton fart? And I'm like, oh, buddy, buddy, I'm so sorry. Uh,
3: <laughs> Rations will do that to you.
1: Yeah, we'll uh, yep. r- just make sure to be uh to be upwind from him next time. And Bucks is like he kind of looks. Huh, yeah, probably.
2: Does anyone else imagine Bucks's internal monologue to be voiced by the late Alan Rickman?
0: Not, not until this I very knew. moment, yeah. but now, now. But now. No, oh, Bucks
1: shit. is a little bit more upbeat. He's not, like, so downtrodden. Alan Griffin
4: could have been happy. Jesus. He's just <laughs>
1: I'm very <sorry>.
0: intensely happy. <laughs> in a Truly, badly, boring. Deeply
2: movie where they're so annoyed with him being a happy ghost, that like, just go away. It's spoiler warning <laughs> for a 25-year-old movie. Yeah, but, uh, I uh, No, uh, no Bucks isn't,
1: uh, I don't really have, since Bucks doesn't have really an inner dialogue, per se, I don't really have one for him either. It's weird. He
0: he doesn't have an outer dialogue. You actually don't know what's going on in his head. He just communicates in ideas and phrases and uh, feelings and pictures. He doesn't communicate in words. But, oh, God, now in my head, it's going to be Alan Rickman. Today, (laughs) the giant
4: green one farted, and I thought almost
0: died. I don't mind saying because Bucks only speaks in feelings and pictures, and so I don't have to do a really bad Alan Rickman impression. Okay, you head to sleep. And Jonathan, as you wake up, and actually, I'm going to get this from everybody. Can I have everyone roll a, or actually, before I have you roll this, who here is trained in religion? Ooh!
1: Trained in religion.
0: What nope. is
4: trained? Wait, what's the difference?
0: Are you proficient? proficient.
4: Oh, yeah. Do you- Okay.
0: No. Bernie and Carlton, I'd like the two of you to roll religion checks for me, please. I know, but you are rolling for a different reason. So... Bernie? Bernie got a 20. Just the two of you.
3: Uh, I got a 6.
4: Okay. There's
3: gods around here somewhere.
4: Carlton, we talked about this.
3: Yes, Bay is the one true goddess, but there are other more inferior gods.
0: Okay. We'll get back to you in a second. Jonathan, I'd like you to roll a perception check. Okay. As you are on last watch.
1: Motherfucking 20!
0: That's All a right, 21. Strength, so natural 20 or? Natural. No, natural 20. All right. You have also been warned about the lights in the distance, and you keep an eye out. And despite the fact that, I mean, you've got the, the goggles that you can use for dark vision, but it, it's not quite the same. And as the sun comes up and you get ready uh, for the morning, stoke the fire a little bit, you do see these this light, and you do... Notice it is just one. Your friends have been saying, like, lights or maybe a light or something, and it is a singular. And it seems to be, from what you can gather, it's not small, but it's faint. So it's not a bright light. And as the sun comes up, it definitely fades from view. But you do get the sense that it is just one. And if you are to head. If you continue to head in the direction that you're heading towards the Crypt Garden Forest, kind of in this straight line, you're kind of going right towards it.
1: All right. I let everyone know what I saw, and I say, yeah, let's keep going. Let's see if we can figure out what this thing is.
0: Well, before you do that, uh, because you haven't woken everybody up yet, you kind of just noticed this. Bernie, as you fall asleep uh, for your long rest, You've been kind of mulling over in your head what had happened the night before to your friends to the the augury that you had cast to speak to your goddess, and as you fall asleep and these these thoughts are just kind of idling in your head and you're wondering about them, you're rolling over the possibilities and as you fall asleep, you find yourself in a forest and it's it's actually a gorgeous forest it is. Golden sunlight coming through what looks like fall-colored trees surrounding you. Carpet of soft grass below you. Often, the distance you hear birds and uh, a few uh small bunnies hop by. Kind of reminds me of brief moment. That <laughs> uh, it, it kind of reminds me you a bit both good and bad about your brief experience as a bunny. But it it's a very idyllic scene
4: very pastoral
0: without Incredibly being in a pastor
4: pastoral.
0: and it's it's very calming and you feel for a moment a familiar presence and it is the the warmth as as well as the actual awe inspiring presence that you feel when your goddess appears to you and it is it's comforting because it, it doesn't happen very often. You you have to be in a certain state of mind and prayer. And it's it's very fleeting, usually. The gods don't like interacting directly with those on the material plane. Because the more they do that, the more you've been told that the the bad gods can do the same thing. And for a moment, you feel very calm in this dream. And then something curious happens. You realize, no, wait, this isn't my goddess. No, no, it's warm and comforting. And you feel that that presence of a a divine being speaking to you. But this is not your goddess. And the voice that you hear that surrounds you is gentle. And it says. My sister bades you to help me. And I would welcome. Your divine healing in my wound. And as you kind of glance around, the voice seems to be coming from everywhere and it's, it's soft and gentle and it fills you kind of with a, a, a sadness and you're not exactly sure why. And as you look forward again, you can see that the, the grass in front of you has gone a bit brown You don't hear the birds anymore. The bunnies seem to be gone. The leaves on the trees are falling. And you feel that divine presence again. And she says, We are shared in our love of this land. And your help is a blessing. And you turn again and the, the leaves have now come off the trees and everything is bare and the sky overhead has gone from being this golden sunset to a stark gray. And you feel the presence of this, this deity that is not your own leave you and you're suddenly left cold and alone here in this forest. Hmm. And then you wake up.
4: Okay. Is it morning time, or am I waking up and going back to sleep?
0: Ah, uh, you wake up to the sounds of Jonathan stoking the fire and kind of the normal morning sounds. It's it's a it's not a startled awake. You kind of come to consciousness as you would normally. And I need everybody to roll a constitution saving throw. Oh,
1: oh God! Everyone was sleep farting.
4: <laughs> Bernie doesn't fart, she poots. She also doesn't save her throws.
0: I also need Bucks and Shadow to make these constitution saving throws as well. Got it. Okay. Carlton?
3: Uh seventeen. Jonathan? Yeah.
0: Uh That is not a number, that's a noise. <laughs> that's
1: the number. Eight.
0: Alright, Jonathan got an eight. Bucks? Sixteen. Bernie? Nine. Travancore. Eight. And Shadow. Seven. Whew. All right. I need Jonathan, Bernie, Travancore, and Shadow. I need each of you to roll a d12. What
3: can I say? Everyone's immune to their own brand.
0: All right. Jonathan, what'd you roll? Five. And Bernie? Eleven. And Travancore?
3: Travancore, ten. And Shadow? Twelve.
0: Jonathan, one. Wants- Jonathan, as you woke up this morning uh, to start your watch and you kind of gazed out over everything and, and settled into your watch, you feel unsettled. You feel twitchy. Maybe it's the, the land around you. Maybe it's the the worry about going into the crypt garden. You don't remember dreaming, but maybe you had some bad dreams. You're not sure. Uh, you feel shaky and like a, your eye has a bit of a, a tick to it. And you have a negative one penalty to ranged and melee attacks.
3: Okay.
1: Not your
0: spell attacks, just ranged and melee attacks.
3: Okay. That could have been worse. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, Travancore. as you wake up in the morning, there's something about this forest that disturbs you deeply. It's something about... Being in this rotted nature and this decrepit diseased land. Every time you look out onto the natural world and see this unnaturalness, your your grasp upon reality seems to slip a little bit. And you, you feel a worrying tingle in the back of your head as though there is a, a bit of your sanity that is just not there. Um, you're going to take a negative two penalty to intelligence checks and saving throws. Okay. Bernie, you wake up from this dream that you've never been approached by a god, goddess, or god other than your own. And it's a little disturbing and you kind of react to it the way that you react to a lot of things, which is with humor and jests, and you've suddenly find it hilarious <laughs> you find yourself just falling back on the finding the humor in the death and desolation and the worry in front of you and you can't help but laugh even at the most inappropriate of situations and you're going to take a negative 4 to stealth checks and initiative oh
4: hold on I got to write that shit down
0: yeah Shadow. Girl. Shadow wakes up and he, it's interesting. Travancore, you, you look over at him worried because of what you're feeling and he's got this haughty expression on his face that you've never seen before. He's always been a, a being who has tried to please you who has been a, a fairly amicable beast but this this seems to be kind of a it's full of hubris and superiority and he gives you a look as not as though you are equals or partners but almost as though he thinks that he's above you and shadow cannot be healed by divine healing. Uh-oh.
4: Yeah, oh, the gods dear. don't like hubris.
0: Uh, you get the sense Shadow thinks he is above even the gods. That's okay. Bernie doesn't want to heal Shadow anymore. Bernie
1: doesn't know this.
0: Bernie doesn't know this. Actually. None of you know this. Uh, only
1: Only Shadow does.
0: Only Shadow does. Like you all kind of and all of these effects, they they're unsettling. You basically only Carlton and Bucks seem to have gone through the night without suffering some ill effects from this, this uh, decrepit. Uh, who knows
2: what evil lurks in the house of bears? The shadow knows. Old Timey And you voice. all wake up
0: in the morning.
4: Hi everyone. Do you guys have a good sleep? Good sleep? I met a goddess. Not my own. But definitely I think the thing that owns these woods is these woods? Was these woods? She's not doing so well. Her voice is not nearly as creepy when she talks to me. Let me tell you what's kind of funny. Um, I think we have to like speed along this thing, or we're all gonna be fucked.
1: Yeah. Um. I'm. I'm like a, a goddamn. Like, is does anyone have a Claritin? I think the allergies are getting to my eyes. I don't know what Claritin is, but I feel like it could help. Um. No,
4: I don't. No, definitely, defo not. All right. Well,
1: definitely yeah, I think not. you're right. Let's 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 scoot things along. Maybe if we can, maybe maybe if we complete our mission here and kill this rot demon, then uh, then things will go back to normal. Yeah, this yeah. this place is wrong.
4: That is what has been requested by the nice lady.
1: Which nice lady was this?
4: The divine one that um the four that I met in the dream, the one that scared you until you poop your pants.
1: Oh, okay, that one, yeah. Okay,
4: she's not so creepy. She's real nice. Apparently, she knows my goddess, which does recommend her.
1: Oh well, that's that's some good bona fides there. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, up. bully for their network.
4: She's on like link, <laughs> She's on like divine LinkedIn we, or
1: something. So, it, so, but we're we're moving into in network coverage in uh, in the crypt garden here, assuming we succeed. Well, I'm thinking more of a god-to-god networking
2: peer thing. You know, if any opportunities come for demigods or beings under their charges, the gods want to keep the lines of communication open. I mean,
1: divine healthcare is very complicated. So the fact that we may be covered in here, assuming we 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 meet the deductible of killing monster, I, this is this is fantastic. Who knew it yeah. could be this easy?
2: Yeah, look around this place. I, I I'm pretty sure we're out of network at this point.
0: But well, we have to I, fix that. It's, we're yeah.
4: not work did you guys not just get healed in our last fight
0: all right as you guys pack up for the morning it is another gray depressing morning it seems to be just luck that the skies haven't opened up and started to pour on you but for the moment as much as it's muddy and depressing it is clear you guys mount your horses and continue to head in the same direction yep okay as you ride for a couple of hours, it's kind of in, in this murky silence. It's once again, the only noise that you hear is the sound of the horse hooves in the mud. Um, Jonathan it makes your eyes twitch every time the a horse seems to splash through some, some water. It's infuriating. Um, Shadow seems to be taking extra long to follow you guys as he is doing his best to not get his paws dirty and any attempt to get him to just barrel through and not care is met with kind of this cold look wow shadows becoming unbearable
4: Great. our bear's become a fop
0: and bernie you find that hysterical and you can't <laughs> help but laugh you think you think shadow is both infuriating and the funniest thing that you've ever heard and travancore every time you look back at shadow it's it's like you're seeing a bear that is not your friend. And it's, there's part of your psyche that just is scared.
2: I'll lose him too.
4: Remember when I told you he was gonna eat you? (laughs) It's probably gonna happen on
0: this trip. Shadow gives Bernie a look that clearly is, I would never deign to eat any of you. Oh, great. You actually hear him. At the idea of eating you.
4: Cool, Shadow. You keep thinking real great about yourself.
0: (laughs) As you guys approach the outer edge of the Crypt Garden Forest, I'd love you all to make perception checks. Eleven.
2: Ten. Ah, Travancore, eleven. Shadow, thirteen.
0: And
4: Bernie. Fourteen.
0: Okay. More perceptive than the idiot bear. You see the outer edge of the forest kind of approaching you, and unlike some of the... The trees that you'd been in when you were fighting the giants, this is a much thicker forest. It's mostly tall pines and other northern needle trees that haven't lost any leaves or anything. It definitely looks darker going on in. Uh, it's going to be a little more difficult with the horses in this forest, but not impossible to get on through. And you you all kind of look around knowing that you this is around the area that you'd seen that strange Glow, but you don't see anything. You guys just want to charge on through the forest. You oh, maybe yeah. got another hour or two before the sun goes down.
5: Yeah, uh, yeah do to
3: spend so. the
4: night in the forest or outside of the forest?
3: In,
1: out, in.
4: Let us in. Let us in. Let us out. Let us out. Um, I wait. What was the vote?
1: Depends two on in. how you vote. Yeah, yeah.
2: Two You're the tiebreaker. In, one out.
4: Let's hear pros and cons from each side before I make my decision.
3: And We have to, like, everything, like, every time we, the more time we spend out of here, like, the more voices we hear, the harder this, like, this becomes, like, let's just beeline it to save the forest.
4: That's it? Okay, who is, there, is, who is the out?
2: I'm the out. Everything here is wrong. We need a clear head. We need to break it for a little bit, just so we have the wherewithal and the mindset that we can. We're at full strength. We're all different. I'm different. You're different. Shadow's different. Something's happening here. We probably need to to refocus before before we charge in full steam ahead.
4: That that's a very good point. But so here's here's my thought. Every single fucking night we spend in this forest, something worse happens to us. I don't think. In sleeping, we're going to eliminate the problems we accrued yesterday, or this
3: morning. Sleeping's when it
2: happens.
4: Sleeping's when it happens.
2: Yeah, but if we sleep in the pocket house, then it won't happen to us one night.
4: That is true, but I'd rather have the fewest amount of nights possible. Okay. Let's keep going.
0: All right, you guys, continue on into the forest. Your pace slows down a little bit not quite going nearly as fast because of the the thicker trees and kind of watching out for branches and stuff. The horses seem to be navigating okay. And as you roll on through, you do notice that while these pine trees have kept their needles, the needles have turned brown and in some cases black. The bark of many of these trees has gone of a sickly shade of green or seem to be covered in a mold that's letting off this stench that, or smells a little bit like rot, uh, even though these trees seem to be living and standing the forest floor, which you would expect in a forest like this in Carlton from what you can remember is alive with various and sundry ferns and uh, shrubs, grass you'd expect to see bugs and small animals and hear birds and none of that it is bare packed earth some of the some twigs and leaves and bits of dead leftovers you don't hear any animal noises you don't hear any any game you don't see any bugs even it's just silent
3: I let out a wolf howl to see if maybe I can get a response.
0: Okay, go ahead and roll a perception check. Actually, roll a performance check first. Yeah,
3: a little rusty, guys. It's been a couple. It's been a couple of years. Uh, thirteen for my wolf howl.
0: Okay. I mean, as far as everyone else is concerned, it is a completely wolf-like howl. I mean, so much so, Coco Snoot actually joins in. It's, it's guys, not you're gonna start a howl it's not nearly as loud as yours carlton and it it is obviously dog howl
4: yeah but it's cute as fuck uh it's cute cute, give me this
0: (laughs) uh he gives the look he gives afterwards is very proud and happy and that's cute but the the howl he gives off carlton is good enough at this wolf howl that the the howl the that coco snoot joins in with has a bit of that wildness to it. That feral that's... uh, Bernie, you find hysterical as always. I giggle and
4: I pat him on the head. And I pat peanut butter and I say, Do you want to howl to
0: And all right, now go ahead, uh, Carlton, and roll a perception check, please.
3: Uh, That's going to be a seven. Okay.
0: You don't hear anything. It seems to be as, as quiet and as still as it normally would be. And actually, let me get the rest of you to roll perception check. Okay. Uh Jonathan and Bucks?
1: Uh, six. And for Bucks, 18.
0: Uh, Travancore and Shadow?
1: Eight
2: for Travancore, seven for Shadow.
0: And Bernie? 13, man. Maybe it's because Bucks hasn't heard Carlton howl like this. Maybe it's because this forest feels wrong and- As you guys have ridden into it, Bucks is on very high alert. This feels as unnatural as a place has ever felt to your technically unnatural owl. As most of you are kind of waiting to see whether Carlton's going to get an answer to his howl, Bucks immediately notices to the right, about 70, 80 feet away, there seems to be the remains of a campsite he can clearly see what look like uh the remains of a campfire and what might be bodies uh guys let's check this out okay all right i you trot on over and yeah it seems to be what remains of a campsite several weeks old uh obviously Long since disturbed, the, the fire pit is... The only reason that you even can see that there was a fire pit is they seem to be as smart as you guys and actually dug a pit into the ground. Uh, but the fire has been dead days, maybe even weeks. There seems to be the remains of uh, maybe a tent or two, although it's been shredded and scattered. And you do notice three bodies... Long decomposed bodies and how long? A uh, roll an investigation check. Not medicine. No, these are bodies. They're not living. She's not trying to heal them. She's trying to uh Mason them.
4: Figure out if she.
1: Uh, any- that is going to be another critical skill check. Natural twenty drink
0: gonna- wasted
1: all the drinks on the skills
0: because Bernie got a ten. So that shakes out to a twenty-eight. All right, 28 from Jonathan, 10 from Bernie, Travancore, what'd you get? 15. And Carlton, were you going to join in or were you just going to stay watch?
3: I'm stay watch. Okay. I know I'm not good at determining how long things have been dead. I'm usually good at I mean, I could tell like if they've died within the last minute because of me, but like anything more than that, <laughs> it's really hard for me to tell. Make
0: them dead. Yeah, you're good at making things dead. You're not good at perimacing them afterwards. Uh, Bernie, you come up and take a look at these bodies. And uh, yeah, your forte is healing people or interring the dead. Not really investigating the dead. Uh, but is they look it hilarious? Dead. Oh, absolutely. Like, like, guys the rotted flesh you can't help but laugh at.
4: Guys, 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 <laughs> guys. They're dead. Just like we're going to be!
0: Travancore, you look over all three bodies. They all seem to be elves. The clothing is ripped and torn. And this is at least a week, maybe two. You're unsure of how long ago these bodies have been here. But there's still enough present to see that the bodies themselves are not torn asunder. So this wasn't like... pack of wild animals feasting on something they they were killed and left here and the the clothing indicates that these were uh, lightly armored lightly armed fellowish rangers of some sort they were trying to move quickly don't really notice anything much after that uh jonathan you pick one of the three and do a more thorough examination the female elf that you take a look at after just very carefully kind of looking over everything you don't see any obvious huge wounds but you do notice that beyond the decomposition beyond the obvious rigor mortis she seemed to be suffering from something Um, her skin looks like it had been pale uh, unnaturally pale and then gone gray Uh, you notice that her feet are curled in on themselves in in an unnatural way that that wouldn't be a result of her death and you aren't sure what could have caused this that would have killed her hmm. and as you examine this body it's it's pretty obvious this is at least a 10 day probably a good 15 days that this this body's been here maybe even a couple days longer than that it's it's a little unsure with some of the just the prevailing decomposition in this general area search through her pockets a little bit and find that there is a what looks like a ledger in one of her pockets. You pull it out. It's wet and it's a little disgusting and you start to flip through it. Uh, It's written in common and it looks like uh, from the little bits that you can read with your investigation check, you seem to notice the, the same couple of words over and over again. You seem to notice rot, destruction, orcus, my leaky, crypt garden, destruction, death and it's just words that kind of jump out at you as you flip through the these wet pages. I some of these pages like practically just fall apart in your hands as you flip through them.
1: Okay, I try to be careful with the rest and uh I say, "Hey, Bernie, uh what do you what do you think about some of this?"
4: Oh, let's talk to her and find out. Do you want to? I want to. Oh, I bet her jaw kind of falls off. Oh, it's going to be real fun. Do you think she has enough jaw left to talk to us? I don't think it matters. I think we talk to her spirit. I'm going to cast Speak with the Dead. Okay. Speak with the Dead. How How quickly is that? Ten minutes. Takes ten minutes? ten minutes. Well,
0: duration is ten
4: minutes. Casting time is one action.
0: Oh, that's what I need. Casting time, so it's basically six seconds. It lasts for ten minutes. Okay, we get. Hold on,
4: we get up to five questions. The corpse knows only what it knew in life. So before I do this, who wants to think of some questions we want to ask this pe- this this elf lady?
3: Uh, what What's kill- her favorite color? What no, killed you,
4: Carl? Not that one. That's no. That's I don't care about that one. Neither do you.
1: Let's see. Well, let's do. Let's really, let's, Jonathan the muscular is really trying to think hard about this. Let's, uh, let's let's go ahead. Let's ask who
4: Maliki is, and if she needs diapers. Maliki? Yeah.
1: Uh, you would probably know who Maliki is.
4: Would I, can I do do. a religion check on that? Is that a thing I can do?
0: You absolutely can before you, you cast this, although definitely without a check, especially Carlton, would (laughs) know Maliki.
3: Yes. Uh, Maliki is the... Uh, god of the forest that my mother and I used to worship.
4: Ooh, is that the lady I talked to?
3: You talked to a lady?
4: Oh, real nice lady. I got a t- What'd she look 27 like? on that religion check, so I obviously know. Okay. She was real sad.
0: As you think about what you know about Mileiki from your religious studies in general, and what Carlton tells you to kind of help jog your memory, you never saw who was speaking to you last night, but she mentioned being a sister to your goddess, and certainly Mileiki being the the goddess of the forests, especially, a nature god, would her a lot of her wants and desires would be in line with your goddess along kind of that neutral to good pantheon, definitely wanting to keep the natural world unspoiled. And while you can't be 100% certain because it was a dream, no matter what. uh, Yeah, that seems like a very good guess that Myleki was the one who talked to you last night. And even if she wasn't, she would be highly upset at what has happened here. She would be sad to infuriated. Okay. And Carlton, you would pretty much know most of this without a role, just from your worship of her.
4: So we don't need to ask her who my leaky is, but we should definitely ask her what killed her. And if my leaky's also dead, I guess she's not dead as she's talking to me.
1: Right. Um. Let's see. What killed you? How long had you been in the crypt garden? Maybe what she was doing? Yeah. I mean, yeah,
3: why have you come?
4: Why are you here?
1: Yeah, okay. So what, your quest? what killed you? Why did you, what was your quest? Maybe if you, we need to expand uh how did it bring you to the crypt garden?
4: What do you did you, have you met with the rod demon? We should ask if they know how to kill a rod demon.
1: Okay, do you know how to ki- Well, I don't know. I don't know if they got that far.
4: Well, they might know how to kill a rot demon, but they didn't get around to killing it. Okay. Knowing that's fair. a thing and being able to execute are very different.
1: Uh, all right, let's see. Um that's 4, right? Who are you? What what killed you? What was your quest? Was- uh possible follow-up. What how did it bring you to the crypt garden and do you know how to kill a rot demon?
3: So we could have like one more on standby.
1: We would could have one more question depending on some of the answers.
3: What's yeah. your name, friend? Do we even need that? We should start with pleasant... Well, it's Poliz- always good to be polite. No,
2: because those use up the questions that we have. There's no reason to explain pleasantry to the dead person.
3: Of all the people I would expect to want to do pleasantries, you would be the
2: one. The protocol of, you know, formality does not apply with corpses. Oh, well. We
4: learn something new every day, don't
3: we? Maybe you just introduce yourself and hope they introduce themselves back without actually forming it as a question.
0: Travancore may be coming at this from... A completely different angle but he's actually kind of absolutely right there's no weird formalities here you're also not bringing this it's not like you're bringing this corpse back to life or speaking I, I believe speak with the deb just brings the semblance of life i know so so no he's absolutely right it's not like you're speaking to a real ish person you don't have anyone's feelings to hurt here Well, then.
4: All right. So I'm going to cast Speak with the Dead. Okay. We're going to speak with her. I don't have to do anything. It just happens. Oh, I need to burn something. Let's light something on fire. I'm going to pull some dried lemon rinds out of my pocket and light them on fire.
0: I'll consider that incense, considering your religion. Uh, Yeah, you spend the next ten minutes uh, sanctifying the area, preparing the corpse casting this spell um everybody else kind of giggling just a
4: little bit given her current condition
0: yeah it's it's weird you guys have watched her cast speak with the dead before she didn't seem this jovial the last time she did this (laughs) it's it's unnerving it's you know she's speaking in low uh tones in gnomish and in in the in basically the the words of this spell in these arcane divine words, and then every once in a while, rises, <laughs> the It's a very unnerving thing. But you after- guys
4: think she'd let me have one of her eyeballs? Could that be a backup question? It's not a desert creating a corpse. Give it the-
0: we'll
1: table that one.
0: The the elven woman's chest rises and falls for the first time in ho- who knows how long the eyes which had been closed open and turn towards you you can see that her pupils have gone completely white it's just these blank white orbs and sightlessly she looks towards Bernie and says
5: what do you ask of me Hi!
4: Hope I'm. I hope your uh, death is going well. I, body seems to be holding up rather nicely given where it landed. Uh, we have just a few questions
5: for you. Just a few questions for
4: you. Um, these are my friends. A gesture. Do a general Hi. gesture. This one has muscles made of magic, and he's going to ask you some things about your life, about your death, mostly.
1: Actually, you have to be the one answering the questions. I
4: have to be. What's the first question? How did you die? Oh, everybody wants to talk about how they died. Nobody gets to do it, but look, here you are. You talk about how you died. How'd you die?
0: After this bit of rambling, kind of the the unblinking sightless corpse
4: blinks for blinks. the first time and goes what the fuck have I gotten myself into
0: <laughs> there's no blinking but the, the chest rises again and she says
5: this forest is diseased and the beings are corrupted we were beset in the night by (gasps) horrible bug creatures of acid and bone.
1: Oh dear, I think we may have fought some of those.
4: We met some of those. They were explody. And when they exploded, it burned. What's our second question?
1: What was your quest?
4: What? So... I mean, we we two are here and we have also noticed that well shit's gone wrong if to be to put so bluntly what was your reason for being here slash quest
5: some evil demon has been bound to the spirit of this My goddess asked of us to cleanse and save the crypt garden, but we were not strong enough. The the demon of Orcus is powerful, and... Sent is corrupted against us.
4: You know that's a real fun coincidence. My goddess made a very similar request. Maybe they know each other. That would be super fun. Now, um, what's our third question? Uh,
3: Third question. Should we ask? uh, I mean, on a scale of like one to twenty, how strong they think they were. Uh, no, let's, I don't think they can no, give that, that information. that would
1: just be
4: depressing at this point, to tell so, you
5: the all truth. So, right.
3: um, what was
1: it after that?
4: I, this, you're the one with the memory that's perfect. No, and Jonathan the, the
1: my memory is perfect. Jonathan the actual player has been drinking and is rather forgetful. Um, okay, so, it was, uh, what killed you? What brought you here? I know how to kill a rot demon. But we, that leaves us with two questions. Okay. Uh, let's ask her if she knows how to kill a rot demon.
4: All right, friend. Friend whose name I don't know. And friend who um, does not have to tell me their name if they don't want to. Um, but could if they did want to. That's not a question. That's just opening up nice channels of communication. Um, nice. You know, it's always up to you. So, what, did your goddess impart with you knowledge on how to actually kill kill killer demons or were you just gonna wing it
5: my goddess says to kill the demon and find the totem it is bound to (sighs) if the totem is not destroyed then it will just reestablish its domain.
1: So we have a totem that we need to find. All Gotta right.
4: get a totem. Um, you guys have got a follow-up question that I think Bernie should ask. I would say, given that we've asked those things, we should ask her if she knows if the totem, where it is, like, does the yeah. demon keep the totem on him? Or does the demon keep the totem oh, in his like where Yeah, where
1: is the totem? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm down with that. Let's, yeah.
4: All right, we have one last question for you, and then I promise you can um, do whatever want. Actually, that's,
1: we have two. We have two questions, so we we'll see questions. how this answer goes. We have Maybe two
4: questions for you, and then you can go back to being dead. How about that? That sounds good. That was a rhetorical question. That wasn't a real question. <laughs> that was one of those conversational things. God, I've been doing really good about not putting random questions in here. So did your goddess tell you... And I, I imagine Bernie talks a little too fast for this soul anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> Did your goddess give you any kind of inclination where that totem is? Does it, is his demon keep it on him? The kind of totem? Where's the totem?
5: Totem, where is Where is it? <gasps> our studies before we came. <clears throat> In our conversation with the orc. <gasps> let us to believe it must be close the demon cannot leave its area if the totem was further away or destroyed before the demon was it could leave this place and all the world would be it's crypt.
3: So
1: Demon Dead
5: first, then yeah.
4: Okay. Okay. We got
3: Um Did she say that the orc said?
1: That's uh she did say that. That's interesting. Uh we should ask her what's the name of this orc she talked to.
3: Like, is Nagat an asshole? Like, that's just gonna send people into like Basically, is he working for the demon?
0: Jonathan, you do remember with your perfect memory when you spoke to Nagat that he did mention that he had encountered some other adventuring groups that seemed intent on going on into that forest. Oh, So you guys weren't the first people he encountered who were intent on... Ridding the corrupt garden of its corruption.
1: Okay, Jonathan the Muscular assures everyone. It's like no, no. Na- Naget did mention other groups, and clearly this is one of them. Let's you have one see. more question. One more question. What would you guys. like to ask? Oh, so if if there's no necessary knowledge, uh, we could ask if there's anyone she wants us to contact. Let them know what happened to her.
4: I feel like it would be the right thing.
1: I think. I think. We have, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I think we have any information that we would get from these people, right?
5: Yeah.
2: Like, yeah. we asked how she died, what was her quest, how to kill the demon, where is the totem. That covers basically any kind of information she can impart to us that would be useful to us. So let so do her a solid.
1: Yeah. Why don't we ask, what's her name, and is there... Uh, okay. Uh... Lauren, can we do a sneaky double question to ask what's her name and is there anyone she would like us to contact to let them know what happened to her?
0: You can certainly try. You just don't know what questions she'll answer. Well, why don't we phrase it this way?
4: I know how to phrase it. I got this, friend.
0: Okay. All right. all right, Fair enough. Let's go for it.
4: So before you go back to your rest eternal or there's like some kind of like judgment day thing with your people or you get resurrected i don't know but good luck with that is there anybody we need to tell about you being dead like loved ones friends family uh maybe some kind of uh person who hired you also please know that in order to tell anyone that you're dead i need to know your name
3: well done (laughs) kudos
5: Find my son. <gasps> he lives in Waterdeep. Oh, good. We're going to go back there. And as as is know. a devout at the church of Myleki. there. <gasps> Tell him his mother failed him and our goddess <gasps> and that Ultriel loves him.
0: <gasps> and her chest falls, and those eyes that had been looking in your general direction, while they stay open staring at you, they don't seem to be looking at anything anymore.
3: You said Ultriel was her name? Ultriel.
0: Ultriel.
3: Alright, cool. I felt like I needed to write that down.
5: Yeah, am I better
4: write that down. Okay, Uh, can Bernie roll a religion check to see if she knows the last rites for worshippers of my leaky? Sure. That's another straight up 27. (laughs) Is that a natural 20? Nope. 19. 19. But pretty darn close. All right. Do you speak Elvish? No, but I've got a friend who does.
0: You do. Okay. You're not sure if you remember the specific prayers. But you do absolutely know that Myleki is is more concerned about a return to the natural world than any official type of ceremony, and then elves in general don't have. They've got some prayers that they speak to the dead, but it's it's usually uh, blessings by the family. A lot of a lot of elves worship a lot of different deities, and so you're pretty sure that as long as this elf had a chance to return to the to the natural world and was wished well that that's it's it's pretty simple there, neither of these cultures neither this religion or that culture require a lot of anything elaborate so yeah you you feel like probably a simple burial just so that the corruption in this area couldn't get to the, this or these bodies anymore, and maybe a a few simple words in praise of Myleki, wishing the spirit onto their their just reward, would be enough.
4: Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. Let's. In my let's... head, burying something in a ground that's rotting is
0: bad, but if we could
4: burn it, fire is usually very cleansing.
0: You think in this situation that. Yeah, a fire would probably be fine. In fact, elves in general will go ahead and and do a cremation for for some of their people. So you're you're pretty confident that's not going to be a problem. That Myleki would be fine with this. Basically, as long as the body is returned to the the natural world, then that's really all that matters. How it's done is less important. All, all right. right,
4: let's build. Let's um. Get some wood and pile the bodies, and we're going to burn them.
1: Yep, we'll do a we'll do a nice uh, Darth Vader type pyre.
4: Exactly, like we practiced, Jonathan.
1: We did, so we 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 got this. So we do that. We do that again.
4: Okay, with a lot more reverence. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And some nice things about her.
0: It's, it's a little disturbing. I mean, you're surrounded by wood, but all of the wood is, is rotten and the trees almost fall apart in this very disturbing way, but you do manage to scrounge up enough wood over the next hour as the the sun starts to set to build a, a pyre of sorts. It's wet enough that you don't think it's going to be a, an actual fire hazard. Um, it's a bit more trying to move the bodies, but you all stiff upper lip and do what you can. Jonathan, it's, it's a little more difficult for you. You you seem to have some problems. Like, you're still strong, but you feel like some of your your felicity with that strength is missing. It's It's weird. But over the next hour, you all work together, build a small pyre, lay out these three bodies, light the the pyre itself, and it's a, it's a sour-smelling one between the rot in this wood and these bodies. It's it's pretty bad, and you have to step back a little bit. Would anybody like to say anything?
1: Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular steps up and says, Hello, friends. Jonathan the Magimuscular here. You didn't fail. You tried, and there are some challenges that are just insurmountable for some people. But you... You carried out your mission to the best of your ability and no one can fault you for that. Jonathan the Magimuscular appreciates the information and your sacrifice. Jonathan the Magimuscular out.
0: Uh, Trevancore, go ahead and roll a religion check.
1: Okay.
2: Oh, and well, I'm crippled on this one, so I got the all kind of intelligence style skills I have uh, that, that, that penalty on, right? right?
0: Religion yes. is wisdom.
1: Religion is intelligence.
0: Religion's like intelligence, that's... Them. Nope, that's why you're actually not amazing at it. It's weird.
2: Lovely. Nine.
4: Okay. Oh, I just have so many fucking bonuses at it. That's why I get a yeah. huge plus. I was like, wait, hold on. I get the same plus as a religion. I was like, no, I just have bonuses out the fucking wazoo. Well,
0: that's okay. Uh, travancore you are not a devout of leaky, but as a ranger, you are certainly familiar with her and her basic tenets. Uh, you are an elf from a different land, but from what Bernie has explained about what is required, you get the sense that it's it's similar enough to be, the, these are cousins in some sort. Um, and while you don't know the specific prayers, you do feel like the the prayers that you know would be appropriate in this situation if you wanted to say something.
2: I, I say something specifically in Elven for them that's appropriate to their station as rangers, and to what I know as elves. Um, to them, it would sound something like lolom, aolmin amin" or something like that. Basically.
0: What would you... In- what does it actually mean? Yeah. I'll text it to you. Okay. Does anyone else speak elvish? Nope. Okay. While he does that, uh, Carlton, you are very familiar with my leaky, but have no idea about elves. Go ahead and roll a religion check.
3: Alright, let's see if this works this time.
0: Probably not,
3: but... Eleven!
0: You have no idea about the specific things to say, but you definitely feel like if you spoke from your heart, you'd definitely be speaking to my leaky in this moment if you'd like to say something.
3: I grab a little bit of earth, and I dust it on them, and I say, Go one with Mother Nature. Uh, Be one with the wind and may you find happiness and solace knowing that you are now part of something greater i like that
0: and bernie you've already said and done enough with the preparation of this this pyre but is there anything else you would like to say before the bodies are consumed
4: to risk uh, laughing on their graves no bernie's not gonna say anything
0: <laughs> fair enough okay, you guys hang out for a little while, kind of waiting to make sure that this is going to burn successfully without both, you know, spreading and also leaving behind anything. And as this small pyre kind of crumbles to bits of ash and you're pretty sure leaving it would be safe the sun has gone down at this point and it is very dark and now that the the bonfire has turned into embers it is very quiet and very cold wow
1: that was a bit somber let's uh let's go out a bit and and find our own campsite that we hopefully don't die in
2: yeah
4: i think tonight's a good night for the pocket house
2: okay
1: yeah as
4: long as we can hide the entrance, I think it's a good night for the pocket house.
1: I I think I agree in this case. Um yeah. I, I yeah, the vibe's there. Fine by me.
0: Go ahead. Anyone who wants to uh if you're trying to find a place to hide this pocket house, uh, if someone wants to give me a uh survival check.
3: Sure. Sixteen.
2: Oh, I definitely want not give you a survival check. Sure. Uh oh, eleven.
4: <sighs> survival survival oh i do have some pluses in survival that's strange but bernie got a 15 not too shabby
0: okay you guys hunt around you kind of leave this area not wanting to basically wake up close to where this burial site was um, and find a, a sheltered area. The trees themselves are still this weird rotting deadwood, but you definitely find enough of a grove of them, a couple of them close enough that you could put the teleportation circle down and it would be fairly well hidden. Um, Carlton kind of points you in the, the correct direction and between the three of you, you're able to find this area um, and you want to put down the pocket house and go to sleep.
2: Well, I want to check to see, once I'm in the pocket house, if any of the ill effects I'm feeling from the forest disappear.
0: Okay. You put down the the teleportation circle and head inside. You all are still suffering the effects that you got from this morning, but there is a palpable lightening of your mood as you leave the forest and enter what is designed to be a comforting, welcoming space. Though it is dark here because the sun has gone down and there's no moon or stars or or anything in the night sky, but just the sight of your home in front of you and the fact that there isn't this kind of oppressive, depressive weight helps a bit. And you all are entering the pocket house? Oh, yeah. Yes. Are you taking the horses with you? Yes. Yes. All right. I'm going to say... For the sake of time, and also because it's you've done this before you do manage to get the horses on inside without too much of an issue. It's still a little uh the the living room is whole oh, very packed whenever they're in there, but uh the moderns are a little bit more used to this now. And while you probably don't want to do this on a regular basis, the horses also seem to feel the difference when they come on in. While before it was more of a a trotting, as soon as they come on inside, as much as this is uncomfortable in a different way, it's now uncomfortable in a much more comfortable way. It is uncomfortable in a way they can deal with. And despite the fact that you're all still... Worried, suffering some of these ill effects of being in this demon-infested forest. Just being outside of it means that when you head upstairs and have a long rest, um, you definitely feel a little bit better in the morning. Let me give you guys some experience since we're at the end of the game. Because despite the fact that you didn't fight anything, you guys did a lot of really excellent role-playing and some amazing things happened. So I wanted to give you... Uh, You're going to get some experience for those of you who failed certain saving throws and now have to suffer from those effects. Um, I'm going to give you some experience for role-playing all of that, since that's hard. I'm going to give you some experience for coming up with smart questions for the body that you found. And I'm definitely giving you experience for even thinking about nonetheless going through with burning the bodies burying the bodies for giving them essentially last rites I think it was kind of a somber ending to that episode but I think role playing wise I think your characters can feel a a sense of comfort from that and you as players should feel pretty proud about thinking about that so you guys get a total of 3,500 experience for the four of you to split Um, and as you go to sleep we'll end it there and next time you will have Back into the Crypt Garden forests, to... uh, Into the actual forest. Thanks for listening to Dungeons & Dragons & Drunks. Follow us on Twitter, at Dungeon Drunks, or www.clipshark.com. And see you next encounter. Hey, enablers, just one last reminder to go to SideQuest.org and use that code SQENABLERS to get 20% off of all of their events at RTX in July. And see you in Austin!